This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture, and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard. On pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Dustin Gold Standard. Right here on pain.tv slash gold. My name is Dustin Gold. And I just realized, folks, starting tomorrow. What I'm going to do as I come back from each break, let me see if I can remember this. Uh, I am going to tag each segment with my voice. So I'm going to say, you're listening to episode 141, segment four. Like, I'm going to start doing that. And then that way, you'll be able to figure out where the heck you are as you're navigating uh, the new uh, Wild West of Apple podcast. And until we get this sorted out, folks, and trust me, I'm working on it because I don't want to keep losing listeners and then having to keep rebuilding. All right, let's go to paragraph 224. This is really, really important. It says, the people who rise to positions of power in leftist movements tend to be leftists of the most power-hungry type, because power-hungry people are those who strive hardest to get into positions of power. And let me just say there, I brought this up on the show many, 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 many times. It's not just leftists, folks. Anyone in positions of power alive today are people who wanted to be in positions of power. This is the issue. Over the years, even when you bought into the Republican, Democrat, left, right, conservative, liberal, WWE wrestling paradigm circus, you would say to yourself, oh, my neighbor's a great guy. Why isn't he mayor? Or so-and-so is a great person. Why isn't he the president? Or, you know, Dustin's great. Or Mike Moore is great. Why don't they run for Congress? Because we are individualists, folks. You are an individualist. We agree that everyone should have freedom and liberty and the ability to make their own choices. They should have human autonomy. Well, I don't want to be in a position of power. I don't do this show because I want power over you. I do this show because I'm trying to share the information that I have gathered over the years with you and hopefully help you break free of the system, break free of the power structure. So generally, people who are individualists, who want freedom and liberty for all, who don't really care what their neighbor's doing as long as they aren't harming anyone else, don't want power. So the people in power are always the 
the one who want power. That's why for many years now, I've been post-political. I don't like people who run for office I because they made a choice that they want to have power over me or they want power or control or they want to be a minion of the state in order to enrich themselves or they have some big billionaire backer who controls them as a puppet, but they're going to be given their little fiefdom, their little kingdom where they can rule over a certain congressional district or a county or a town uh, or a state or whatever it may be. And I know that anyone who has risen to any level in which they are allowed to be on TV all the time and they're allowed to stand on the floor of the legislature, you know, that these people are bought and paid for. They are power hungry, and that's why they're there, because the system wouldn't allow them to be there. I mean, if you think this whole election rigging is something new that just happened in 2020, you're fooling yourself. This has been going on since the beginning uh, of when government was created. Uh, Only the people who want power end up in positions of power and then they are installed by people who actually are more powerful than them who sit above them so that's why i don't generally get involved with that stuff anymore so it's not just folks on the left it's anyone who is in power is someone who wants power they rise to the top even the crazy lady that runs your homeowners association who walks around the neighborhood saying your flowers are planted too close to the curb they have to be three inches from the curb and six inches apart and then you can't have the red flowers you got to have the yellow flowers those are people that want power so they end up in a position of power the guy who wants to be left alone he doesn't run for the president of the homeowners association because he doesn't want power he doesn't want to walk around and tell people what to do so if people who did not want power were encouraged to run and they had the backing of everyone else who did not want power, then you would get them into office with a promise that they would abstain from every vote. They wouldn't even get involved. They wouldn't even show up at Congress. They would just sit at home. And if you had a lot of those people running, then government wouldn't grow. And I know people get tricked into this idea of saying, well, this is the worst Congress ever. They aren't doing anything for us. Government can't do anything for you. Government just passes laws in order to stop you from doing things, to constrain your freedom and liberty. So the best thing would be if government actually undid all the laws, and the next best thing would be if they didn't pass anything else ever. All right, let's continue. Once the power-hungry types have captured control of the movement, he's talking about a leftist movement, there are many leftists of a gentler breed who inwardly disapprove of many of the actions of the leaders but cannot bring themselves to oppose them. And again, this is not just leftists. Well, we see this across uh, the political spectrum now. This is everywhere, right? The people who are less powerful, you know, of a gentler breed, as the author says, don't stand up to the people who are in power even when you elect someone if you fell for going out and electing someone and the next thing you know you realize they're a power hungry you know butthead what do you do Uh, you generally do nothing about it maybe you complain on twitter or facebook or something but that's not doing anything to remove that person from power that's too much work goes on to say they need their faith in the movement and because they cannot give up the faith they go along with the leaders. Well, folks, I hate to tell you this, but if you came from the right, I could say that this occurred under the Trump presidency. Now, that was the last election 2016 that I voted in, and I hadn't voted for probably 10 years prior to that. And so I 
Yeah, I went out. I supported Trump. I went on a lot of podcasts, talked about Trump. I dressed up as Trump. I used to do my Trump impression, went on all these pro-MAGA sites and had a pretty big Twitter account uh, in 2016 that I was using to help promote him. Well, about six months into a year into the Trump presidency, I realized he screwed us over the border wall, which was my main issue. So I started going on podcasts and talking out against him. While the majority of hosts said, I can't do that because either one, he's 4D chessing everybody. Don't worry. This guy's going to save us. They couldn't leave the movement or two. They knew, but they didn't want to lose their listeners and lose their revenue. So they made a choice to just stay quiet about it and not hold Trump's feet to the fire. So it's not just on the left. It's everywhere now. And I think that's partially because moving from 1995, when this is written to today, 28 years later, there are uh, the lines are all blurred no one fits into left and right or any of that anymore and i think most people cannot even define that for you at this point goes on to say true some leftists do have the guts to oppose the totalitarian tendencies that emerge but they generally lose because the power hungry types are better organized are more ruthless and machiavellian and have taken care to build themselves a strong power base now We could take this right up to the international level. Just look at the marketing arm of the technocracy, the World Economic Forum. Now, there's a lot of people around the globe, like me and you, who don't like what they're doing. And we have the guts guts to oppose these totalitarian tendencies, obviously, that we see coming out of these organizations daily. But we're losing. Why? Because those guys are more ruthless. They're more Machiavelli and they have money and they're better organized and they are part of the power structure so whether the majority agrees or disagrees they just march forward as if the majority agrees with it i was just actually having a conversation back and forth with legal man of the quash on twitter about this uh the sad part is the vast majority of people out there i think want to be slaves they can't define freedom or liberty and if they could define them they would actually come out and say they don't want that they don't truly want freedom and liberty they want to be bossed around they want to be sheep they like being told what to do Right. And then you have these guys at the top when they control the whole structure and they don't have to worry about the majority rising up against them. They just march forward and they will keep telling you that the sky is neon pink with green polka dots. And even if you don't believe it, they will just keep saying it's true. Part of that is gaslighting to make you feel crazy. The other part is they'll keep marching forward at the pace that they want to march forward at until there's actually an uprising against the system. Either a bloody uprising or people just start throwing the technology out at the curb on bull trash pickup day uh they're just not going to change course goes on to say paragraph 225 these phenomena apparent uh, appeared clearly in russia and other countries that were taken over by leftists similarly before the breakdown of communism in the ussr leftist types in the west world seldom criticize that country If prodded, they would admit that the USSR did many wrong things, but then they would try to find excuses for the communists and begin talking about the faults of the West. They always opposed Western military resistance to communist aggression. Leftist types all over the world vigorously protested the U.S. military action in Vietnam, but when the USSR invaded Afghanistan, they did nothing. 
Not that they approved of the Soviet actions, but because of their leftist faith, they just couldn't bear to put themselves in opposition to communism. Today, in those of our universities where political correctness has become dominant, there are probably many leftist types who privately disapprove of the suppression of academic freedom, but they go along with it anyway. Now, I'm not going to break all this down and get into Vietnam and Afghanistan and Russia and all these you know, wars years ago, because the author here is just talking about them based on the official narrative. And we can get into the United States role and what fighting communism really was and were we fighting it? Were we, I mean, we can get into all that on uh, different shows. But what the author is basically saying is even if, uh, I mean, you've seen this come from leftists, right? They will defend communism because they'll say, well, in this particular case, they did it wrong. Or in this particular case, they did it wrong. We could do it right. Just like Bernie Sanders will say, right? Well, socialism has never been done right. That's what he'll say. And that's why all these uh, people died. All right. So you see that from leftists uh, time and time again. The other thing here that the author is pointing out is even if they know, the leftists know, that some uh, country or some ideology they find themselves uh, being uh, sympathetic to does something wrong, they will find excuses to defend it. And, and again, this isn't just leftists, all right? I'm a very nuanced guy. If Donald Trump runs on, let's say, no war, all of a sudden the conservatives are against war when they were for war for quite a long time it's all very confusing folks uh but if trump runs against war and the next thing you know he goes into war the conservatives will start cheering it on because it's trump or the conservatives are against state of emergency until trump declares one during covid land the high school theater production they have to defend him because he is the captain of the team and so that's what the author is saying here generally the sheep will follow their uh the sheep will follow their shepherd. All right, paragraph 226, thus the fact that many individual leftists are personally mild and fairly tolerant people by no means prevents leftism as a whole from having a totalitarian tendency, okay? So even though there's people within the movement that are not radicals, uh, the whole movement can be radical because the majority, again, of the sheep will just follow the shepherd and and we can look at this now from supposed right-wing movements and left-wing movements that's why to me there is no right there is no left everything is orchestrated the stage everyone is being manipulated all the time there's so many psychological operations going on there's government puppet players there's uh political puppet players you have you know propagandists influencers uh, out there in social media that drive the narratives and so people just follow along and they follow along and follow along i mean if you want to have your head spin just go on twitter and poke around and you'll see all the side fighting and stories and one group of people saying everything is a lie the other group is saying that's not true then they're saying uh, you know covid you know the vaccine isn't working but it's an accident and some saying they're trying to kill people you just have to use your gut folks use your gut when you're going through this use common sense use critical thinking uh, in my stance uh, life humanity nature it's all very magical and these guys are trying to spin a web of lies around us as they entrap us in this technological spider web all right ladies and gentlemen i'm going to exit the technological spider web for just a moment i'll be right back this is dust to go with the dust of gold standard right here on pain.tv slash gold 
You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Join the discussion at Payne.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Dustin Gold Standard right here on Payne.tv slash gold. My name is Dustin Gold. All right, folks, we're nearing the end of industrial society and its future. Let's continue here with paragraph 227. Our discussion of leftism has a serious weakness. It is still far from clear what we mean by the word, quote, leftist, end quote. There doesn't seem to be much we can do about this. Today, again, this is in 1995, leftism is fragmented into a whole spectrum of activist movements. Yet not all activist movements are leftist, and some activist movements, for example, radical environmentalism, seem to include both personalities of the leftist type and personalities of thoroughly unleftist types who ought to know better than to collaborate with leftists. Varieties of leftists fade out gradually into varieties of non-leftists, and we ourselves would often be hard-pressed to decide whether a given individual is or is not a leftist. I'll comment on this in a second. To the extent that it is defined at all, our conception of leftism is defined by the discussion of it that we have given in this article, and we can only advise the reader to use his own judgment in deciding who is a leftist. Now, remember, folks, uh, in 1995, the Internet was just hitting households, a very small percentage. We're talking a couple percent. And that's back when you would get an AOL dial-up for you young folks out there. You literally would take the phone cord in your house and you'd plug it into your computer tower and you'd put a CD in from AOL and the CD would boot up and it would go and it would connect up to the internet and then you would buy these basically these phone cards at a grocery store gas station like you would do now for let's say a calling card or a gift card type of thing or a prepaid credit card. And it would give you X amount of minutes, like you might buy two hours, you know, 120 minutes of internet, and you plug in that code and then be able to go on the internet for two hours. All right, so this is back in 95. Internet was at its very, very early stages. Companies didn't have websites. Uh, Social media didn't exist. The first big one really I think towards the tail end of when I was in high school, might have been MySpace. And it was really a lot of bands and kids were using it and playing around on it. But the internet was not what it is today. Well, you would also see a lot of activist movements right out in the public. So what you witnessed over the last 10 years was, say, Black Lives Matter, Antifa, I would say um, the MAGA rallies kind of represented sort of uh, old world activist type movement. Uh, you would see a lot of that stuff. You would see a lot more pro-life protesters. You would see pro-choice protesters. They would actually drive the people out into the streets. And this was done through 
local organizing and uh, mail campaigns, you know, that came in your mailbox and organized through the local Republican groups and conservative groups and Democrat groups. Well, now you see endless amounts of activist groups that just run on the internet, right? So you can go on Twitter and just, you know, spend three hours and you'll find tons of movements they're all based on hashtags now some of the movements last 24 hours some of them last a couple of weeks like some of them last a few years like a QAnon type thing but they're these activist movements and they just drive people in and out of movements and they move them around inside of cyberspace into different echo chambers you're inside of one you think it's a huge movement but go walk around in the grocery store and interview people and you'll find out no one knows what the hell you're talking about some of the movements may not even be real movements you could just be talking to a room full of bots on a uh, Twitter feed and you think that's real, but it's not real. It's just a personalized echo chamber, choose your own adventure feedback loop they drove you into. So you have to put this into context in 95 when there were actual movements in the streets. So the author's talking about trying to figure out, you know, who's a leftist, but he's saying, use your judgment. Now, I think what you could call people more NPCs, and you'll see NPCs on the supposed left, on the supposed right, people that will just follow Trump endlessly, uh, people that will defend Trump and the vaccine, like, well, he had no choice. He had to promote the vaccine because Pfizer would have been mad at him, and then he didn't have the right to fire Fauci and he did and then the same thing you'll see on the left and so now you just have NPCs and you really have Ken's and Karen's on both sides of the proverbial aisle goes on to say paragraph 228 but it will be helpful to list some criteria from uh, diagnosing leftism these criteria cannot be applied in a cut and dried manner. Some individuals may meet some of the criteria without being leftist. Some leftists may not meet any of the criteria. Again, you have to use your own judgment. And, and the reason why I think this is important, folks, it's like when you're going out there and you're trying to talk to folks in the public, like Wide Awake Jim has been doing, uh, trying to talk to independent mom and pop coffee shop uh, managers and et cetera, et cetera. Or you're trying to talk to your nephew, or your cousin, or your son, or your daughter, or your son who identifies as your daughter, or your daughter who identifies as your son on Thursdays, but on Wednesdays she identifies as a chimpanzee in a panda bear suit. Whatever it may be, this is 2023. We have no, uh, we have no definitions of anything anymore. But no, you have to start to identify these folks. And if you identify them, and they are so over-socialized, or you could put it socially engineered into the system, system i i say don't waste your time all right you you would be better off continuing to educate yourself you know listening to this show or mike moore's show or reading books or actually writing down your goals or beginning to figure out how you're going to make more money or move money around to go get a homestead and exit the system than trying to wake up people that aren't ever going to really be your allies I mean, I've had conversations with smart folks, and I explain to them this system. You know, I'm talking half-hour, hour-long conversation where you're sitting around, you know, shooting the, shooting the crap. And what happens is you get to a point, you realize they fully understand it, but they love it. 
And they say, I'm not getting rid of the video games. I'm not getting rid of the devices. I love this world. What are you talking about? I think it's great. So there's no point in banging your head against the wall. Now, I wouldn't generally consider that person to be a leftist. I consider them actually at a certain point to be a follower of technocracy. Now, they wouldn't identify themselves as that, but if they love the system, then that's what they are. They love the system. That's their choice. That is them exercising their free will, their freedom, their liberty. And if that's what they want, that's what they want. You shouldn't be trying to drag them out of a system that they want to stay in. If they realize they're a slave on a free-range plantation prison, then uh, so be it. Not your problem. Uh, paragraph 229 the leftist is oriented toward large-scale collectivism he emphasizes the duty of the individual to serve society and the duty of society to take care of the individual now you just saw that all rehashed over covid land the high school theater production goes on to say he has a negative attitude towards individualism we just talked about that he often takes a moralistic tone he tends to be for gun control for sex education and other psychology enlightened educational methods for social planning for affirmative action for multiculturalism and even though we're fast forward 28 years from when this was written it all rings true today goes on to say he tends to identify with victims he tends to be against competition and against violence but he often finds excuses for those leftists who do commit violence and we see that uh, constantly i mean what was antifa folks fascist saying they're against fascism like they couldn't even understand what they were out there uh, doing in the public and i'm not talking about the paid organizers and probably the government agents that ran it i'm talking about the regular folks the college kids and stuff that get sucked into it and you say well you're acting like a fascist they will say well we have to act like a fascist to fight fa-. i mean they'll always have an excuse for it goes on to say he is fond of using the common catchphrases of the left like racism sexism homophobia capitalism imperialism neocolonialism genocide social change social justice social responsibility right again these are all the bumper sticker slogans that we still see alive and well today goes on to say maybe the best diagnostic trait of the leftist is his tendency to sympathize with the following movements feminism gay rights ethnic rights disability rights animal rights political correctness and that list can go on and on today we can add all these things that this author author never thought of like transgenderism and queerism all these other made-up isms folks it goes on to say anyone who strongly sympathizes with all of these movements is almost certainly a leftist all right ladies and well and and i will tell you this uh this is just a a story i've got to share with you so there is uh this guy i went to high school with he grew up in my town i I came from a town of ten thousand people in connecticut a very small farm town i grew up there in the uh, 80s and 90s and so i went to high school with this kid he was a year or two older than me and uh he was in my art class really good artist i was a good artist uh ended up going to art institute of philadelphia for college for industrial design but and uh, coincidentally this guy ended up going to art institute of philadelphia for graphic design and animation so um 
all of a sudden, over the last couple of years on Facebook, I noticed that he's posting about how he has uh, and suffers from mental illness. And the next thing you know, starting a, a few years ago, uh, and he has a son, you know, with a woman, an actual woman. She had the kid, not him. Uh, he starts identifying as LBGTQ. Like, he didn't say that he was gay, but he said he was confused. He wasn't sure what he was. At the same time, continuing to post about his mental illness. And... So no one ever asks him, how are you doing with the mental illness? They just constantly write how brave you are for coming out as whatever it was, because he didn't know what he was, right? And so you have all these people on Facebook, and I, I use Facebook to, to basically spy on folks and see what people at the street level are thinking and saying. And so this kid's Facebook feed, he's one of those that you know from high school and a lot of people comment on his stuff. So I look in the feed in the comment section, and it's all people from my high school. I know who they all are, a lot of which were like alpha males I grew up with. You know, guys was, I played sports with, friends of mine that I used to go sneak out in the woods and drink beer with, go camping with, cause trouble with. And so now, fast forward a couple of years, this guy is living life as a non-binary woman slash they, like he has different pronouns, and they change all the time because he suffers from mental illness, of which he continues to talk about openly. But he has his hair cut like a woman, he wears makeup. Some days he looks more like a man because he kind of changes back and forth. But he'll post selfie pictures of himself. And, and I have to be honest, like he's really, really ugly, like he looks like a guy who is dressed like a girl and sometimes you'd actually think it's a parody but it's not he's not like andy kaufman goofing around and just yesterday for instance he posts a selfie and he goes i am feeling so good about myself today and he was like a manly man he wasn't gay in high school and so he's like i'm feeling so good about myself i love my new haircut my new eyeliner he gets 73 this is within like a half hour 73 likes and hearts like the love on facebook all these comments and i read them and they'll be friends of mine from high school who i don't talk to anymore um i'm not one of those people that still hangs out with all my high school friends if you are more power to you i just i moved out of connecticut i don't do that but i see all these guys on there oh i'm not going to say his name so and so you are so uh, courageous you're so unbelievable. He talks about how his father disowned him now. Uh, all this stuff talks about his mental illness, and yet people cheer it on. They virtue signal to him. So when the author here is talking about all these leftists who support these various movements, this is leached over into society. That's why I just call them all NPCs, these non-player characters. They all virtue signal. They all have to be part of it now. Why can't you just ignore his post? Why are you cheering it on? Why aren't you reaching out and saying to him, hey, listen, uh, you say you suffer from mental illness. Did, is any of this the cause of what's going on? Do you need any help? But unfortunately, now you see people just cheer it on. They'll cheer it on until the guy mutilates his genitals and starts taking hormones. I mean, he may have at this point. Uh, and then eventually kills himself, as a lot of the supposed transgenders do, because it's really deep-rooted in childhood trauma, mental illness, something going on in their head, body dysphoria. They go get the operation, and they realize 
realize they made a mistake, and the next thing you know, they uh, overdose or blow their brains out. But now you see it spread. It crosses right and left, Republican and Democrat lines, because I see a lot of people that I know are huge MAGA Trump supporters still that are writing on this guy's timeline when he posts this picture of himself. And they, I mean, he he literally looks like like a heroin-addicted, toothless prostitute behind a dumpster at a McDonald's. And they're cheering him on, telling him how beautiful he looks. So it's sort of leached throughout society, folks. Everyone is a leftist of 1995 today in 2023. I'll be right back. This is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. 